You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Pacers fans. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. And I must point out it's Wednesday because that means it's here. Opening night is here. No more crap talking about preseason or anything like that. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Tony East, covering the Pacers for Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News. And the Pacers play the Pistons tonight in the opener. And, of course, as we always do the first time and multiple times in some cases, the first time the Pacers play a team, we have an expert for the other team come on and talk. So with me, Lazarus Jackson covering the Pistons for Detroit Bad Boys over at SB Nation and the Pistons versus Everybody podcast. Laz, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Tony. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I am super pumped that the regular season is like actually starting. It felt like it would never come. My God. It was like, awful. I'm watching preseason games like against Charlotte. Like why? Like who, <laughs> ha- who should have to subject no. themselves to that? That's content minimums, right? You know, you just like, okay, <laughs> fine. We'll tune in, talk about something. It's so yeah. But uh, no, but, this, but you guys, game, Sabonis yeah. extension. Yeah. Let's talk. So for those listening, it's, I'm recording this on Monday so I can take Tuesday off basically. And Sabonis got extended about two hours ago. So I am... Him and uh, everybody else worth a damn in that draft class? <laughs> no kidding. So I am energized as hell. So this podcast is going to feature me with a lot of energy. And Laz's first ever take on the Sabonis extension. You've already heard mine yesterday. But Laz, what you got for me? So I'm super happy about this Sabonis extension because it means that like the contract for Andre Drummond will stay low. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> just set that big man now you gotta root really low. hard that sabonis is like better than drummond this year because then you could get him for like no no not next summer oh god that would be so great no he's <laughs> he's gonna get more than vucevic like i've already subjected myself to that like uh, that's fine sorry but like some people still think he's like actually gonna get like maxed and like no like the more this keeps happening the more like he himself can be like all right like i'm not getting 35 mil. <laughs> i can take that out of well this head. is a segue uh, that you didn't intend for me, though. So we have contract year Andre Drummond in Banker's Life with the Pistons on opening night. What do you expect from him this season in general? <laughs> uh, expecting contract year Dre. Hey. Seven, 17 and 17. Wow. Wow. He was 17 and 16 last year. That's true. Well, against the Pacers, he gets about 25 rebounds a game. So he'll start off with probably 20 and 25. Hey, you start two bigs now. That's true, but uh, as long as Miles Turner is the guy matched up with Dre, we have the, my favorite yin and yang in all of basketball because Dre cannot guard Turner and Turner cannot rebound on Dre, and they just pummel each other. It's a great, it's a great basketball uh, basketball musical. Definitely, but no, I'm uh, the thing with Andre is that it's difficult to gauge kind of like where he's at heading into the season because Blake Griffin didn't play most of the preseason, and so they oh, kind of yeah. Yeah, they kind of gave Andre the ball and was like, hey, like, see, what's up? Like, see what you can do. <laughs> Score. And that is, that is not how it's going to go down in the regular season if everything goes well. <laughs> so. Yeah, those, those are the two guys to talk about with this team. But, like, whenever the, the – it's funny because in my head it's like, okay, game one of the Sabonis-Turner experiment. Like, they're going against the grain. They're going big. Let's see how they work. And then their first game is against another team that's also going kind of big. <laughs> the Kings game, yeah. Yeah, they play the Kings, and then the regular season, they have you guys first, and then the Cavs, who probably will start Love and Thompson. It's like, well, <laughs> these are not good examples. But, yeah, I think that's the very much most interesting thing in this game is one, of course, now that I know this, Blake's debut, how does he look? Is he recovered fully? I'm sure he is. You know, they wouldn't sit him out for nothing. But and two, you know, uh, He has a hamstring strain. 
And ah. so they've been they've been gingerly like bringing him along. I'm sure if it was like the playoffs, he'd be playing. Yeah, but the the entire point of the season is not to like strain Blake so much that he can't <laughs> play in the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, maybe he sits out the first couple games of the year. I wouldn't be too mad as long as Ooh. he's fully healthy when he plays. That would be a big time for uh, the Pacers, who are also without their best players. So. Yeah, you could pummelthon Maker for 40 <laughs> minutes. That'd be great. Yeah, and then yeah, the you know the Drummond Turner matchup is interesting. Like I said, I think the Sabonis Blake Griffin one is interesting. I'm actually would not be surprised if they flipped who's guarding who there uh, from a Pacers standpoint. I think those are the matchups that I'm watching. You know, do they put Turner on the perimeter-minded guy just so they don't get killed on the glass? But also the same matchup problems persist for you guys on the other end. So I think just those two groups of guys going at it will be the storyline of the entire game to me. I mean, I know there's other players playing and we'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean like Sabonis defending Sabonis's weakness is that he's lax in defending in space. Right. Oh yeah. So it makes sense that you wouldn't want to put him on Blake. Right. Right. But I always struggle with this. Your, your team is the perfect example. We'll talk about it. It's like, so Turner's probably better guarding Griffin, but Turner is so much better than Sabonis protecting the rim. Do you really want to pull him away from there? It's like, how do you balance that? I think it depends on the opponents because I think in this instance, I'd probably leave Turner on Drummond just because Blake's not like fast, even though he's amazing. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. So I think you could get away with playing Turner on the perimeter because this team doesn't have a bunch of guys in the starting lineup, at least, that are going to kill you at the rim. Yeah, right? that's it's, true. It's just Blake and just Reggie. That essentially. is true. You have a point. All right, Reggie, you said it. So the Pistons do actually have 15 or 14 other players besides the two guys we have uh, talked about. Reggie Jackson is one of them. He's actually good, despite uh, what many people say. He's not who I want to start with here. Uh, Reggie will start. What I don't know is who's going to start shooting guard for the Pistons. I think I know, but I don't know. No, I know Tony Snell's going to start, which is awesome. Love, love the best NBA Tony. Uh, is it going to be Bruce Brown at the two? It is going to be Bruce Brown at the two. That's what happened the entire preseason. Um, Dwayne Casey likes Bruce Brown, what Bruce Brown brings defensively to the starting lineup. And the fact that he doesn't, they need another low usage guy in a lineup with Reggie Blake and Dre and Brown fits that mold. I actually like Bruce Brown. I think I'm uh, unique in that way, but I like Bruce Brown. There's, uh, he was really good last year, just so bad. It's really difficult to get people to see that somebody who doesn't score a lot of points is good. He's good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Miles Turner's always... on the Pacers. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and so it's always like this tension. Plus, like he's a second-round pick. He's playing yeah. over the lottery pick. And so it, <laughs> it, it doesn't, the optics of it aren't great, but it works. It just works. Bruce Brown on Jeremy Lamb is interesting because Bruce makes it so his man can't score, but he also can't score, so they might combine for a total of like eight points. <laughs> that would be fun. I actually <laughs> think that would put uh, – how tall is TJ Warren? TJ Warren is 6'8", allegedly, although the New Heights got released just now, and I have not looked at them yet. The New Heights are without shoes. I am not even like paying attention to them. Yeah, those. Ed went down two inches, so I'm just ignoring those forever. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. They might put – they will put Brown on whoever they think is the more dangerous uh, ah, oh. dribble penetrator. Oh, both, so, of, both Snell and Brown are capable defenders. That's fair. Actually, you know, they probably put Brown on Brogdon. Oh, and, wow. Ooh, Reggie yeah. on Jeremy Lamb. I like that. Yeah, Reggie on Jeremy Lamb. Now we're talking. See, this is the kind of stuff that uh, is interesting with the Pacers now that their one, two, and three are all big. You know, Brogdon being six, whatever, five, no, well, I don't know what his new height is, means that other teams might cross-match in a way like that. I think it'll be pretty standard for the Pacers on the other end where Brogdon's on Jackson, Lamb is on Brown, and Warren is on Snell. But I, Actually, I think that's almost certainly what's going to happen, but I think the cross-matchups there are very interesting. Yeah, the cross-match, the Pistons have always had to cross-match because they try to hide Reggie as much as humanly possible. 
And so <laughs> can't imagine why. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, probably end up on Jeremy land. I think is the most or the least aggressive out of all the backcourt players. Is that so what, accurate? Yeah. Yeah. New Brogdon is interesting, you know, now that he's in this ball handily passy role, but we'll see. Is there anything interesting, uh, outside of Blake and Andre and the starting five to look out for with the Pistons that I wouldn't know without talking to you. The new look uh, bench lineup led by uh, former MVP and former number one overall pick <laughs> Derek Rose and, and Luke Kennard. Oh, you got, you're going to have to say that a million times this year. Former <laughs> MVP Derek Rose. Uh, the, the Rose stands are legion and like I had no idea until he got signed here. Like, but don't you get like a million Twitter followers from the Rose stands when he signs with your team or is that a myth? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I've heard him and Jeremy Lin have like the followings to, you know, like drastically improve your follow account. Anyway, yeah, I actually think the Pistons bench is funny, right? So tell me if I'm wrong. I usually am. It is going to consist of Rose, Kennard, Markeith Morris, Dumboya, and Christian Wood. Is that correct? That, mm, no. So, okay. So what did I miss? Uh, oh, Langston Galloway. Yeah, Langston. Langston's in there. It'll probably be Rose, Kennard, Langston, Morris and then one of Thonmaker or Christian Wood. No Seiko. Oh, no Seiko is sad. Uh, Seiko is just a little basketball baby, Tony. You should have I seen understand. him in the preseason. He was so unsure of like everything he was going to do, but he's long and skinny and he's 18. So you can imagine a world and one day he's big and, and, uh, <laughs> and long. Big and strong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. There's a little bit more experience in the lineup you have just described to me yeah that's not i guess that's not as bad as i thought christian wood's pretty underrated as a player in general i like the morris twins even though Marquise is the worst one rose can actually create a shot so can um so can that's a that's a good group i think i think they'll really struggle on d though yeah the theory of the case there is just like outscore the other team's bench yes (laughs) the pacers bench is the opposite so that well kind of the pacers bench is weird What'd you guys end up settling on? Is Sumner is my boy Sumner in there or no? Ed's in there, yeah. He yeah. Great, Ed's awesome. He had a great pre. I, you don't listen to the show enough, apparently. I'm kidding. Um, but I talk many nice things about Ed every show. It'll probably be so. McMillan said Aaron Holiday is going to be backup point guard at the start of the year. We'll see how long Makes it lasts. Sense. I'm assuming it'll last a long time. But TJ McConnell is probably better than him in the preseason. Uh, and then Ed McDermott, TJ Leaf, and Goga. So very young, and I'm not really sure what end of the floor they're going to be better on. They oh wow, they went with all the kids. Yeah. Well, what are the other options? Right, the only one is Justin Holiday. Holiday yeah, Holiday the Elder. Yeah. Uh, Holiday was pretty good in preseason, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go 11 deep. But it'd be weird. And McConnell maybe sneaks in there too. It's it. I I, I actually I know, I know this is supposed to be piston centric, but I'm actually looking forward to tonight to see what what the Pacers benchman it's look like because i mean i know we saw some in the preseason but they went like 12 or 13 deep every game it's like that's yeah. not gonna happen so it wouldn't surprise me if they if the pacers go that young and i don't know how gogo looks as like a rim protector oh. at, the, at the nba level yet oh. so it wouldn't surprise me if derrick rose like has gives uh aaron holiday a great deal of trouble just like in your first game like yeah welcome. so people want aaron to be a good defender he's just not yet and maybe he will be someday he was okay in college he's a little He's a little undersized, isn't he? Is. He? Yeah, Rose is definitely bigger than him. And, you know, I don't, yeah. I mean this in the way I mean this. Because he's a former MVP, you know, he can, you know, he has the <laughs> IQ and ability to get by guys. Not that he is that level of player now, but he has shown us that he knows how to do things. That and is, no, that was definitely something I was struck by in the preseason uh, because I have not watched a great deal of Derrick Rose over the last couple of years because. 
played in Minnesota. And yes. then he, he was playing in like Utah. He was playing in Cleveland. Like I didn't really have much of a chance to watch him on a night to night basis. But despite the fact that he's still like 31, he can get all the way to the basket. He can, all he can way. still attack the rim. And that's an element the Pistons haven't had from their backup lineups in a long time. Like, you know, this, the long time Pistons backup point guard has been Ish Smith. Ish Smith is, <laughs> he's another like change of pace guard. He's very, he's very quick, but he's smaller than Derek Rose and, you know, doesn't, doesn't finish around the rim quite in the same way. Um, the Pistons have another guy who can draw fouls and get to the line and break down defenses coming off the bench, something they haven't had. Speaking of cross matchups, I wonder if they go Ed on Rose and Holiday on Kennard. That, ooh, in that case, you just have Kennard attack Holiday. <laughs> You're, stop it. <laughs> this isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, this will be interesting. So Goga in his debut uh, was basically on Cat the whole time. So I'm really interested oh, to see how he does against that, non- Did that go well? No, <laughs> no, not really. Um, he's he's a rookie, right? He's not going to do good against Carl Anthony Towns, but I am yeah, looking fair. forward to see how he does against not Carl Anthony Towns, even though he'll probably only play like 12. Yeah, Thon Maker will be much easier on him than Carl Anthony Towns would be. And they're really going Thon over Christian Wood. Casey likes what Thon brings defensively that more than he, what, he, what he likes what Wood brings offensively, which I like if you're thinking about the lineup, the second unit as a lineup. Like I get why you wouldn't want to go completely offensive oriented, but Thon is not like this amazing defensive player. He's just better than Christian Wood on that end, and so it's I, I don't get it. So hypothetically, Christian Wood is a former lottery pick, and Thon went undrafted. Uh, who's actually the backup center? Ooh, that's a good call. <laughs> Probably Wood, right? That's what I like to. That's what I like to hear. Well, Gotta love draft positioning. You get why, like in the preseason, like Wood was putting up killer numbers, but like as you watched him more often, you understood like why coaches would get sick of him. Yes. He doesn't close out great. Um, he doesn't, uh, he, he gets blown by a lot. He doesn't screen well, which is like weird to say out of, out of a guy who scores so efficiently in the pick and roll, but like he doesn't, he always slips. And so like he's using his advantage like lengthwise, not necessarily like setting hard screens to set other guys up. Um, he doesn't he boxes out pretty well, but like he haunts blocks and stuff. Just like typical younger guy and stuff. Yeah. And Thon is much more like just disciplined and long defensively. And so you understand why a yes. coach would be interested in him over Christian Wood. Nice. Even if fans are just like points, give me points <laughs> and rebounds. That's Point. all I care about. Yeah, that's uh not I obviously I love Sabonis and Turner, but that's a lot of the Sabonis Sabonis stands are oh points, rebounds, look. Look at these numbers. I get 30 right. I thought some bonus stands were like true shooting percentage. Look, big man, efficient. <laughs> I, like, I like true shooting, so no, I'm going to deflect. But he doesn't shoot threes. I'm going to flip the script on you. We talked a lot about the Pistons. What matchups do you think the Pistons will struggle with in this game? Uh, I think uh, they won't be able to defend all three of Brogdon, Lamb, and Warren effectively. And so – okay the Pacers will have to find whichever one, whichever guy is Reggie Jackson is guarding and attack with that guy. (laughs) Okay. I can uh, live with that being the option. And then they're going to drop Dre every time. Right. So if it ends up being Brogdon, he can shoot or Warren apparently can shoot too. So I bet they put him on lamb, but that is uh, that is probably the matchup. Right. And Lamb has been a guy that's traditionally like just played really well against the Pistons for some oh, reason. Oh, okay, good. He had, a, he had a game winner last year over Drummond. Is just uh, weird stuff happens. Yeah, he had a lot of game winners last year. He had a half court shot like twice. Is he? 
is it, it's possible that he's like good at basketball despite the fact good. that he's got like that sleepy look on his face the entire time he uh he has one of the you know i like when guys have a spot i tweeted this to jimmy lamb his left elbow jumper is a spot man like he is cash from there he's not you know he's not particularly awesome for anywhere else but the left elbow like he is money oh man. that's that's kind of bad because that's exactly the kind of shot that a Dwayne Casey defense wants you to take. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because like you don't want a ton of those, right? It's a mid range shot, but like McMillan loves letting guys shoot that. And if Lamb's going to hit it at the rate, he can hit it. Like I think he's going to take a lot of them this year. No, definitely. Uh, that was a, that was an issue we had with Kennard. Kennard has the potential to be an elite, like 47% mid range shooter, but uh, it's, better to have him taking step back threes so <laughs> yeah like it just is from a, uh, from an efficiency standpoint screw so. screw aesthetics baby we're chucking from everywhere no this is this is why i like you guys because you guys got the the stylistic diversity two big men it's like <laughs> yes fight for the bigs yeah yeah it's gonna be inter- that, right that's gonna that's like we can talk about all these ancillary players and i don't want to belittle them they're all in the nba and good but like a lot of this game comes down to to me at least Blake and Dre versus Domas and Miles, who plays better. And I think clearly you would lean in favor of the two all-star level guys, but you know, the, the diverse skill sets between the groups is very interesting. Yeah. Wait, the, you, you would have one of those big men for the Pacers making the all-star game this year, right? No, I probably would not. Uh, I think Sabonis will be one of the, I think they're both probably actually in the best five players that don't make it. But given the way All Star games are selected, I think Sabonis has a much better shot. Oh, that's a good point. If you know the, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, the one, the one center. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm not saying this is true for all All Star voters, but some just go, oh, points, and he'll probably have six, put up like 16 and 11 this year. So, yeah, I, I think he'll have the better shot. I don't know necessarily that he'll be better. Although, if he is going to be better, this is the year that it's going to happen. So we'll see. Um, but I think it'll be hard. I think Dre's probably a lock to make it this year, right? I mean. The Converts lost in all, two All-Stars in D'Lo, and I forget the other one, but El Kawhi, duh. So I think Dre's probably a lock, right? Well, I mean, you have to you have to factor in Jimmy. Jimmy probably makes it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He didn't make it last year. I forgot about that. Yeah. You, you have to figure in. Like, you would think that if somebody like an Orlando is doing really well, they would get one guy. And, like, they got Vucevic last year, so maybe it's they, they get one guy and it's not Vucevic or yeah. it is one way or another. Um, like Levine's right there, Aaron Gordon's right there. You know, I just I don't think either of the centers will make it just because they're centers. But yeah, no, that's fair. I had a hot take. I had I think Levine averages like twenty five points and doesn't make the All Star game. Wow, the All All Star game is in Chicago this year. Oh no, pissed. I'm super into. Oh man, we're going off the rails here. Central Division, so it counts. I'm super into the Bulls, which is not good. I I like the Bulls. I don't understand how they basically like double their win total, which is what people are expecting of them. Yeah, Thad and Sato aren't that good. <laughs> yeah. And like Wait. Kobe okay. White doesn't add that much. No, he adds negative. He's a rookie point guard. Yeah. Like it, it, 38 wins seems like a lot. 35 wins, 34 wins. That's right. like a that's like a 12 win improvement. That's still yeah. really good. So Just what a, give me one more thing I should watch for the Pistons in this game. Uh what do what, what did we say? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to preview these early in the season games right because there has nothing the team has done yet to talk about so i'm kind of grasping for for topics here all right we're, uh, one thing i really liked in the preseason tony snell yes does his does his job does his job reliable Def- guy makes open corner threes 
uh, the l- potential of having like him and another movement shooter on the floor, like Svi Mikhailuk. I uh, doubt they play together in the regular season, but probably be Luke Kennard in this scenario. But like being able to run like a floppy action with like two guys who can actually like both come off screens and make shots is like something the Pistons haven't had in quite some time. They're they're running more sets to get guys corner looks because they have a guy in Tony Snell who can like knock down those corner looks at a ridiculous rate. And so like I've been pretty excited by Tony Snell. Does his job. Completely uh fulfills the loss of Reggie Bullock. Breaking guy named Tony does his job well. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, are, who are the other NBA Tonys? Uh the other NBA Tonys were Tony Parker. He is now gone. So that yeah. is it. It is now just Tony Snell. Unless you want to get technical because the other NBA oh Tony Allen, but he's also gone. The yeah. other potential NBA Tony would be uh Anthony TJ Warren. Oh, I see. So we, I see we get a battle of the Tonys on night number one. That's a storyline. I can't believe we're not talking about that, right? I was thinking uh Tony <laughs> Tony Tolliver, but like it doesn't work like that. Uh, yeah, you can go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Is he even in the league? Yeah, he's in the Blazers. He's in Portland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Morrow was around for a while. He didn't go by Tony. Anthony Davis obviously would win if he went by Tony, but he did not. So I'm kind of stuck with T.J. Warren being Tony and Tony Snell. So yeah, I picked Tony, Tony Snell because he actually embraces it. Yeah, Tony Davis does not sound like an intimidating guy. No offense. <laughs> Has there ever been a Laz? Nope. No, oh, there, there might have been. a Lazar. Yeah, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple Lazaruses that don't spell it the way I do. Oh. Like out, out there in the ether. Um, I don't know if any of them are NBA players, though. I don't think there's ever been an NBA I, I, Lazarus. I think we've reached the point of uh, stopping our game preview. So, uh, <laughs> who do you think wins this game? I uh, because I'm because I haven't seen Blake in a week. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the win. Ooh, but since we play four times before Christmas, I think we still split the series. Yeah. So what I said to Adam was, I'm picking the Pacers because they're the home team, right? If the Pistons were home, I would pick the Pistons. Yeah, and game. they play at home in like on like next week Saturday or something. So two years ago, when you guys had Tobias, the Pacers killer, you guys almost swept the Pacers. Last year, the P- Pacers almost swept the Pistons. Yep. So I wonder if uh, this year that balances out, or if it continues the trend of one team just dominating the other for some reason. That would be weird. I would think these. I would think these teams are relatively evenly matched as long as Oladipo is out. Yep. And so and it would, you don't it would you get all four with Vic out, right? It, yeah, we do. That's yeah. nice. That well, unless he nice. tries to come back in December or something. Yeah, I'm, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to stop guessing with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you that the Pacers win. I think it's a close one. I think you know the split is a good guess. I think they're pretty even without Oladipo, but again, home team and not just a home team. Home team, home opener, um, just. You know, there's there's no jitters. It's or let me rephrase that. Both teams have jitters, but there's less jitters. You know, they, I just I, I think they're gonna win. Yeah. Well, my thing is Pistons play a back to back first two games Ooh, of the season, that's so that's awful. fun. Yeah, that's not great. That, the Pacers don't play again until Saturday. That's that's crap. Wait, seriously? Oh my yeah. gosh. Now they play Atlanta Thursday. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. Well, I do not envy you, but um, what I will say is people should follow you. And where can they do that? They, uh, they can follow me on Twitter at LazChance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. They can download the Detroit Bad Boys podcast on all pl- podcast platforms. They can do the same for my new podcast, Detroit versus, or Pistons versus Everybody from the Blue Wire Podcast Network. That's also available wherever you find fine podcasts. And uh, you should read Detroit Bad Boys, which is the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis. Hey, there you go. Yes, it is. I agree. There's a lot of great people writing at that site. 
Yeah. I, someone on Twitter like lamented, or I think it was Shane Young. Shane, you know Shane. I do. He did his big uh, NBA, Ma- Amazing. Like, Man, I yeah. wish I had promoted that on here. Super comprehensive. And he lamented that the Pistons had so many good uh, writing talents, but that their team was like super boring to watch. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I and I, I can't blame him. <laughs> I'm gonna say I kind of agree with him. Blake's exciting, man. People uh, people are wrong. Blake is exciting to watch. Yeah, I hope I, we get I another. Under, I understand that we're boring to watch. <laughs> I hope we get another Blake on the iPad moment opening night, like we did last year in BLF. That was just the we have. There's no more Zaza moments, sadly. <laughs> yeah, he's a coach now. What the heck? Or a scout or something? I forget. Everybody. All right. Well, you gotta follow Laz. Keep up with the Pistons and, of course, Detroit Bad Boys. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter at T East NBA and this podcast is at locked on Pacers. If you haven't already go check out the field house. It's our new, uh, Pacers site endeavor. It's going to be awesome. We already have some great stuff up there. Uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Me and Adam will recap opening night. Finally, basketball is here. So thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you soon.